On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey there, everybody. Oh my goodness, I have something so amazing to share with you today. I can hardly stand it. It's actually one of my favorite Psalms. It's Psalm 107. And I remember studying this Psalm probably about 20 years ago. I actually remember presenting and teaching about this Psalm in Sunday school class, in a women's Sunday school class at church. And some of the other ladies were like, wow, I just never knew that Psalm was there. And I'm like, I know, it's just this hidden gem tucked away in scripture that was written thousands of years ago, penned by David, we would assume, and yet it is so pertinent for today. It talks about people who are lost, maybe they're wanderers. It talks about people who are prisoners or maybe in chains or sitting in darkness, maybe depressed and distressed, addicted, that sort of thing. It talks about those folks who are rebels, who are foolish and make unwise choices. And then it talks about just the average Joe or Jane going about life as usual, just doing their business, minding their ways, and suddenly, boom, out of nowhere, a big storm hits them. A tragedy strikes. Something interrupts their day. It has all four of these types of people involved, yet the remedy is the same for all of them. It's just fascinating. And I can't wait to dig deep into this psalm. Matter of fact, I'm going to be all over scripture today. So you're just going to have to hang on to your to your seat because we're going to find some parallels here. You know, the psalms were a part or they are a part of the Old Testament, but we're going to pull all of all of this around full circle back to Jesus and how he deals with these types of individuals even today. And you may say, yep, I'm the wanderer. I'm the one who's lost or I'm really stuck right now. I'm I'm just sitting in darkness. I'm a prisoner here. Or maybe you're going to say, you know, I've been foolish. I've been doing things my way. I've been rebelling against God. Or maybe you're going to say, look, I'm none of those, but I'm just doing my life. And then why did God allow this to happen? So we're going to unpack all of that. But before we do, I want to thank you for tuning in again to the Choose to Think podcast. And I couldn't tell you how much I appreciate your presence here and that you press play week after week. We try to put out content weekly. Every episode drops on Thursdays to encourage your heart. We try to keep Christianity really real. This is also what I call practical Christianity. In other words, we have our faith, we have God's word, but what difference does it make in our lives? In other words, how do we apply biblical truths to our lives? And often we find that it has a whole lot to do with our thoughts, our feelings, emotions, our moods, our mindsets, and those things all together impact our actual choices and our behavior. So I really work hard trying to connect the dots for you between our beliefs and our actions. 
Our thoughts, of course, are made up of chemicals and proteins. They take up residency in our brains. And sometimes we get stuck in unhealthy, toxic thinking ruts. And it's like we can't get out of that. But the truth is we can. We just have to learn a method and put into play a method that instead of focusing on the negative toxic lie or untruth or scenario that insights fear or rejection, any type of negativity really, or ungodly positioning, if we focus on that, it's going to grow in our brains and our minds. But if we focus on what is true, then that will grow. We can energize truth-filled thoughts and suddenly everything changes in the landscape of our brain and our minds. Our thoughts and our feelings and emotions follow suit. And then of course we make different choices. Now I'm not saying this whole quote process is easy because it takes a lot of discipline, discipline. Matter of fact, I like to call it the art or discipline of taking thoughts captive because it's not enough just to say, oh, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. When really we may be afraid and that creates much more harm than it does good. It's more than just positive thinking. I like to call it praise filled thinking because we're involving God in this process every step of the way. It's not just redoing our thinking so and then voila, everything's okay. No, it's something that we really have to begin to become aware of what we're thinking, really intuitive. We have to take those thoughts captive, every thought captive, and bring it in under submission, under authority to the obedience of Christ and what he says about that. We focus more and more and more as we live our best thought lives. We focus more on who God says he is, who he says we are, and what he says about our situation. And that's where we find change. That's where we put our energy. That's where we focus. And whatever we focus on is going to grow. It becomes magnified. And so we can get out of toxic negative thinking loops and patterns. We can switch those over, switch on our brains, as Caroline Leaf would say, and begin to energize truth-filled, life-giving thoughts and engage emotions and feelings that lead us in a much better path and direction for change and for health and for wholeness and for life and light. And I think that's everyone's goal. And I know that when I say these things, it sounds really lofty or it sounds like, what are you talking about here? But essentially taking our thoughts captive, thinking about what we're thinking about, going deeper to the root issues, like any kind of ungodly root we may have lodged there, like worry, anxiety, fear, those are all roots that are not godly. The godly root, of course, is going to be love, for example. We want to have a heart that's rooted in love. When we have good roots, we're going to have good fruit. Think about the fruit of the Spirit. And you can ask yourself, am I practicing the fruit of the Spirit in my life? All these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, like joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those things. Am I actually enjoying the benefit of those in my life? Am I walking that out of my life? And if you're not, then I think that you may find that there may be an ungodly root there. And if you have an ungodly root in your heart, then your thoughts, your feelings and emotions and your behavior are just going to follow after and bear fruit of that ungodly root. And so, okay, what difference does it make? Well, it makes a big difference because 
few of us want as Christians, as born again Christians and believers in this 21st century, we want our faith to matter. We want to shine the light of Christ. We want others to see that we have a hope that distinguishes us from perhaps other people in this world and that we we don't give way to fear and anxiety and depression and distress. And it doesn't mean that we may not experience those things from time to time, but we don't stay stuck there because we recognize that we serve a God who is able to do far more than we could ever imagine in our lives. He wants us to live victorious Christian life. Would you agree with that? I used to always kind of cringe when someone said, oh, victorious Christian life, but it is possible. And part of that process involves examining our thoughts, examining our emotions and feelings, the root roots that we have lodged in our hearts, as well as looking at our behavior and our actions that kind of follow suit there. That's what my ministry is all about. It's teaching others how to work through this process, but nobody really likes a process. What we want are the end results. The beauty of it is that the end results will come. We just learn to take our thoughts captive, learn to be transformed. We become transformed through the renewing of our minds. That's in Romans. And then suddenly we have the mind of Christ and we're operating in a new way. And that's the way I want to live my life. Now, do I live my life like that all the time? No, because God reveals to me areas of my heart and my mind that I need to change. And so I address those when they come. But there is joy and patience and peace and every good thing available for you and for me as Christians when we connect with the Lord, come in under his yoke, work with him, worship him, praise him, and kind of try our best to do things his way, suddenly we find freedom. So if you're kind of feeling trapped or like maybe freedom's not on your radar, then you might want to examine your thoughts. And I am here to help you. Did you know that I'm America's number one thought coach? I call myself that America's number one Christian thought coach because I've really mastered this skill and I would love to sit down with you, spend about an hour and let's just talk about your thoughts. Let's get a strategy for you to begin the process of taking back your thoughts and taking back your emotions and living out your life in a way that matters, in a way that serves others, living out your purpose, having great clarity of thought and mind, and also making healthy choices when it comes to your body because there is a brain gut connection. You know, your mind or your thoughts influences influence your brain literally. And what you eat, what you put in your gut also influences your brain literally. There's an amazing brain gut connection. So the approach I take take as a life coach is very holistic. We look at your wealth and your purpose, your uh, health, your relationships, how you're dealing with others, and your faith. All of those are so critically important. And I'm so happy to help you in any of these ways. Matter of fact, I'm so passionate about this topic that I even wrote a book and it's a devotional. It's a 365 devotional for one one devotional every single day of the year. And I start with, with a Bible verse as target scripture. And then we go to an I choose affirmation because we do have a lot of choice in the matter. If God tells us to take our thoughts captive, well, we can choose to or not to. If God tells us to be transformed, well, we can partner with him in the process or we can choose not to. So our choices really matter. We have a lot of say over what we think about. We can We can think about icky, negative, fear-induced things, or we can think about things that give life, and we can put into play 
actions and our behavior, though we can't control everything, we can control some things. Though we can't contribute to every cause in the world, we can contribute to some to make the world a better place and to shine the light of Christ. That's what we do. That's what my ministry is all about. And I want you to be healthy and wise in all of those areas. And I want to be healthy and wise in all four of those areas, whether it's my health, my wealth and purpose, my relationships, and my faith. I want all of those to be healthy and sound. And it starts with our thoughts. So the choose to think devotional, it's called choose to think, find peace, joy, freedom, health, hope, every day. So after I give you an I choose affirmation, then I go into a bit of a teaching or that practical application I'm talking about where we connect the dots between what we believe and what we do. And then I conclude with some reflection questions like journal prompt questions to help you go a little bit deeper and to personalize your learning as you journey through the actual devotional. And then finally, we end with a prayer where it's very transparent and open and honest saying, Lord, I want to do things, but maybe I don't do them. Help me. And golly, I can tell you he surely will. So get a copy of that devotional if you haven't already. You can start any day of the year and you'll have it. It never expires. I really want you to get that in your hands. I've had so many wonderful comments and feedback about this devotional that I've written. And I, it's an affordable price. It's also available in ebook format on Amazon. Soon it will be on Audible. Not yet, but that's one of my goals for this year. I'll be reading it and revising it and putting into your hand a a new copy, a fresh copy for 2022. But nothing really changes in the devotional. It's the same content. I just want to make sure that if there's a typo or any little teeny thing there that I've got that fixed and then I'll be reading it out loud on Audible. So get your copy of that. Contact me at choose to think.co or you can email me at choose to think at gmail.com or my website is choose to think.co and that is with the number two in all those cases. Come on over to the website, opt in to get a newsletter where I put out two new- newsletters a month just to encourage your heart, just to say, hey, did you catch this podcast? Or man, listen to this interview that I did with so-and-so. I've got so many great interviews coming up. You're not going to want to miss them. So thank you so much again for tuning in. And now I want to jump into Psalm 107 because we're going to look at those four different kind of people. But I, I want you to get a sense of where you would find yourself in all of this. Would you call yourself a wanderer? You know, someone who's just really away from home, kind of straggling out there. Maybe you're lost. Maybe you're hungry and thirsty. Maybe you even feel like you're dying and maybe you can't find the straight way in your life. Well, God's got a remedy for you. Maybe you're that prisoner sitting in darkness. Maybe you're bound up in affliction. Maybe you feel like you're in chains. Maybe you're, you're, you just can't stand under the weight of your addiction and what you may do in your life for comfort. Maybe you go to food for comfort. Maybe you go to pornography. There's a gazillion things you could do. Maybe you just check out and and become lazy. Sometimes I've done that and just, I do nothing. And, and I'm talking about resting. I'm talking about being lazy. Maybe there's an ungodly root of laziness there in your heart. I'm not sure, but 
but it, it's all different for each of us. But maybe you feel like you're so bound and in darkness that you're stumbling like crazy. Well, God has a remedy for that. Maybe you're that rebel, that person who's foolish. Maybe all the weight of your transgressions are just welling up in your heart and mind and your iniquitous behavior is overwhelming to you and you're suffering. You got no appetite. It's almost as if you're starving yourselves to death. Maybe that's how you feel. Well, there's a remedy for you too. Or maybe you're just going about your business. Maybe you're a merchant. Maybe you're a businesswoman, a businessman, and and you've seen God's deeds. You know and appreciate him and you love and adore him. But suddenly a storm erupts out of nowhere and you, you find that your courage is gone, that your strength is gone, and that you're at total wit's end of how to handle this storm in this situation. And you're just tossed about to and fro. And you're like, wow, what is God going to do now? And how am I going to see him behave? So I want to read this Psalm to you. And, and you're going to hear all of that reflected. As I read it, you're going to hear some lines repeated. The actual Psalm is about 43 verses long, but several of them are repeated. What the people do in all four scenarios, wherever you may find yourself, all four scenarios, the people did the very same thing. They said and did the same thing. And then God, they concluded that they should do the same thing. So you're going to hear some verses repeated. Now, as far as a historical backdrop to this psalm, it could be some commentators say that this is representative of the exodus from Egypt and the Israelites and their journey. Some people say it's the captivity, the Babylonian captivity. and But there are aspects of of all types of conditions and life scenarios in which you may find yourself represented here. So it's so applicable for today. And then I'm going to meet you on the other side of this psalm, and we're going to kind of wrap things up, but also read some other scripture and see what Jesus may say about some of these things. Psalm 107, the NIV version. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those He redeemed from the hand of the foe, those He gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. 
Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice, thank offerings, and tell of his works with songs of joy. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live, and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and he did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Isn't that amazing, Psalm? I love it because to those wanderers, let's think about what Jesus says to those who, who are hungry and who are thirsty and who can't quite find satisfaction. They're lost. They're looking for a home and maybe they're prodigal. They just haven't made it back. And Jesus says in John 6, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Well, 
what does he say about the prisoners? You know, those people who are so trapped in their addiction and their shame and these cycles of, of sin and they're trapped, they're in prison. They can't move left or right because of this. They're consumed by this. Well, we know that in this day and age, we can be taken captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. That's what Paul writes about. We can depend too much on human tradition and and we can instead not be looking to Christ, but there's a different, that, I mean, that's one type of captivity that we could be just humanistic in our beliefs and humanistic in, in following every trend that's there. And we miss out on what Christ says about all of this. And I want to tell you a story where he, he talks about those people who are in prison, whether it's to some philosophy or whether it's to, you know, wrongful thinking or whether it's to to the chains of addiction and 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 affliction in that way. And in Luke, he says this, it says of Jesus, Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. It was his hometown, right? And, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom and he stood up to read this. It was the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. That's what he's reading. Do you remember this? Can you just picture this? And he unrolls it. And he found this place and he says this, and you can read it back in Isaiah. He says, Jesus says this of himself, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind blind, and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Is that not, doesn't that just fill your heart with joy to know that there are better days for you? In John, Jesus says this, he says, I am the light of the world and the one who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you get the picture here of what's happening? In all these scenarios, what is our perspective? What is are our thoughts? What are we thinking? Because whatever we focus on grows. Whatever we're fixed on becomes magnified. So what are we thinking? Jesus tells us that he's the light and that we will never walk in darkness if we follow him. So maybe in your life, if you find yourself bound by affliction, maybe you just need the light of Jesus. Maybe you need to seek after him with all your heart and follow after him because then you will have the light of life. Or what about this? Maybe you're rebellious and maybe you're foolish and maybe you're kind of feel like you're starving yourself to death. I love in Psalm 107, how David writes that it's God, God's word that heals us and that we get, we can get delivered from our own destructions. And I think about David. Remember Psalm 51 and how he sinned against against God, how he committed adultery with Bathsheba, how he had her husband murdered as he was fighting for David's own kingdom. Do you remember all of that? And then David came into the realization of his great sin and his iniquity and his foolishness. And he said, he penned this in Psalm 51. Here are a few parts of it. He says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all the iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. My sin is always before me. In other words, I've become so foolish. And he says, against you, God, I have sinned. And then he goes on to say, 
Please cleanse me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you've crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity, all my foolishness, but create instead in me a pure heart, God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and give me a willing spirit to sustain me. I'm kind of paraphrasing as I went through that. But if that's you, if you're rebellious, you know, I'm not sure why you've tuned into the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast, but maybe I just caught you. Maybe God's timing is always right. And maybe this is the day that you need to repent and you need to turn from your ways and you need to instead begin to focus and fixate on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of your faith and who will forgive you because really all your sin is is first and foremost against God. That's against whom you're rebelling. And maybe you need to bend your knee to him and he will forgive you. There's mercy at the altar. There is, there's a mercy seat there in the old tabernacle. There was actually a mercy seat and people would cry and they would cling to that and they would want to go to that. And that's where the covenant happens. That's where God will meet you just as you are because the curtain has been torn away and you can enter freely into God's presence. And then finally, we get to that that fourth person and maybe that's you saying, I'm just an average Jane or Joe and I'm doing my life as just going about my own business. And then suddenly there comes a storm. What does Jesus have to say about the storm? Do you remember when he calmed the storm as it's recorded in the book of Mark, the, the gospel of Mark? And, you know, they're all on the, they left the crowd, he, Jesus and his disciples, and they're in this boat and this squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. It was quite nearly swamped, but guess what Jesus was doing? He was sleeping on a cushion and the disciples went to him and they woke him up and said, don't you even care if we drown? Look at this. Look what's happening here. We're just going about our business, trying to get from point A to point B and we're, we're going to die here. Well, Jesus simply got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they, you know, their comment, I, it sticks with me to this day. They said, who is this? Even the wind and the waves, be they obey him. And I think of how God says that our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. That's 2 Corinthians. And Paul writes more. He says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we fix our, our eyes. We fix our mind. We fix our thoughts on what is unseen. As to our thoughts about our scenarios, these are all the same, whether we're lost and longing for home, whether we're prisoners sitting in darkness, whether we are foolish rebels suffering from our own iniquities and poor choices, or whether we're just going about our business. In all cases, the remedy is the same. We verbalize our thoughts. We cry out to God. We ask him to bring us out of our predicament. We ask him to deliver us. In other words, We're calling out to him. We're focusing on him. We fix our eyes on Jesus. 
And then we're bending our brains to him. We're training our minds to thank him, to praise him, even in the storm, even in our hardship. We hold on to the hope that he offers us. We praise him for his love and his great deeds. And then we walk in freedom. Remember, his love is unfailing for you. And he's done wonderful, wonderful things for you. So I hope that you're encouraged by this psalm. I would encourage you to go back and read it and let you and I together exalt God in our trials, in our tribulations, in the ups and downs of life. That to me is living a victorious life. That is to me is having the mind of Christ because we begin to to ask ourselves and frame every thought we have around what God says about us, about himself and about our scenario. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for this amazing and glorious day that you've given me, that you've given these listeners, that you've given every single person who may hear this podcast. I thank you. You've given us breath and you offer us freedom. Help us to fix our eyes and our minds and our thoughts on you. As the author and perfecter of our faith, we know that you endured the cross for this hope and joy before you, and now you're seated at the right hand of the throne. Father, we know that we can look to you for all answers. We can depend and trust on you in every scenario, and that you give us life and life and hope and energy, and that you provide for us your word and your truth and your comfort every single second, every single day to guide us to the home and to your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.